Hello and welcome to the Mindful Belly Don't Eat Your Feelings podcast. This is your host, Ellie Rome. If you're a person who's looking to uplevel your health and transform your relationship with food, this is the podcast for you. I'm here to be your pocket coach to give you tangible tools that you can start implementing now to become your healthiest, most energized self because you deserve to show up in this world each day as your best self. Hello and welcome back to the Mindful Belly Don't Eat Your Feelings podcast. I'm your host, Ellie Rome, and this is episode 21. So in this episode, I was blessed to interview my brother's best friend, Joe, who is hilarious. And so I'm excited for you to hear this episode. And also Joe has a really powerful story to tell and his journey of recently being diagnosed with stage four liver cirrhosis. So a very critical diagnosis and just what he's done with his diet to transform his health. And yeah, so I'll let him share. So we'll just dive right into the show. Hi, Joe. How are you? Hey, I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you so much for coming on here. Absolutely. Anytime you need me, Allie, I am there and at least 24 to 48 business hours when I answer my text. <laughs> I'm going to take you up on that because I'll probably want you back. <laughs> Deal. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just want um, everyone to learn about you and your journey because I feel like it's so powerful and very relatable. And so if we can start, if you could just tell me a little bit about kind of your health journey in these past couple months. Well, I'm six foot three. I'm an Aquarius. I'm a hopeless romantic. Uh, no, um, probably at the beginning of January of this year. Uh, I guess a little backstory would probably help. Sorry, first time podcaster, long time listener. No, uh, but um, a little backstory is, you know, I've never ever really been like the super crazy. Let's you know eat super clean and do this kind of person at all. Um, you know, I'm mindful about what I eat. I was never like a big binger where I was like, I'm going to eat everything I see or anything like that. Um, but I was always, you know, a little bit on the heavier side, uh, in general going through life. Um, about, I want to say maybe beginning of January, I just started feeling awful. Um, I'm 27 years old. Uh, I was probably 26, 27 at that time I was changing, uh, changing over. That's what they call it when you get another year, growing another year older. Um, and uh, it was just kind of like, oh, all the time, constant sickness, constant just kind of blah feeling, um, harder to, you know, get around, do things, just kind of just literal kind of, you know, just didn't want to move. Um, when I finally got everything uh, I went to the doctor because I literally I just I was having some like gastrointestinal issues. Um, I went to a GI doctor. He said, okay, well, let's go ahead and get you, you know, everyone's favorite thing. Let's get you scheduled for a colonoscopy because who doesn't love that on a good Friday? Uh, and then let's do some blood work. Uh, colonoscopy, everything went great, but the blood work came back and I had some elevated uh, liver function, uh, some liver function enzymes, pretty much. Um, essentially, what was happening is I've been living with chronic liver disease probably for the past two and a half, three years. Um, I'm kind of the perfect trifecta of 
Uh, I've got a lot of genetic liver disease that run in, runs in the family. My grandmother on my mom's side, uh, she actually died from cirrhosis of the liver at 42, never drank a drop in her life. Um, just kind of, you know, all of a sudden one day uh, with, I guess, you know, the 50s and whatever kind of crazy crap they were putting in their body, um, just kind of all built up over time. Um, and I didn't know that at all. Um, the second one is I'm from South Louisiana, you know, uh, so, you know, drinking is a part of, you know, everyday life and camaraderie and fun and everything like that. Um, so a tailgate, everything like that, not necessarily wake up in the morning, let's pour a shot of gin, um, but maybe a little bit more, you know, hey, let's go out more often. Let's drink on Saturday. It's just kind of part of the culture. Um, and then the last one is just carrying around extra weight for so long. Um, and it put me at stage four cirrhosis, which is pretty much the best, uh, I'm sorry, pretty much the worst. So, um, great job, Joe. Finally, finally achieved all the way to the top. Um, but, uh, so diagnosed with that, I was in the hospital for about nine days. Um, during that time, they, uh, took a whole bunch of fluid off of me because that's one of the things your liver contributes to is just kind of fluid management in your body. Um, I lost about a hundred pounds in fluid weight over what, 14 days, um, which is nutter butters, but I felt like a night and day difference. That's what I was feeling in January is all this fluid kind of accumulating in your body, just not being used to the extra weight. And, um, it's something that happens gradually. So you don't really notice it, but it, it kind of just sends you for a tizzy. Um, so we just had a real, you know, real conversation about what needs to happen next. Um, and there's conversations about a transplant um, that's still kind of ongoing. Things are getting much, much better, but um, we'll know more probably when I'm a little bit further out. Um, but primary focus is to get weight off and start eating better. Um, and that is when I called my lovely friend Ellie here to <laughs> all about all the different things um, to start eating better. So um, that's kind of just a little, little, you know, dive into what, what went on and how it all started for me. Yeah. And thank you for sharing all this. And so when you first were kind of diagnosed and told you had stage four cirrhosis, like, what was that like? Did you, did you have any idea it was that serious or like, what was that like receiving that information? Not at all. Like literal kick in the abdomen. Um, because you know, your liver just affects everything like i make the kind of morbid joke a lot of time i was like damn i wish i could have lost a kidney uh because it's so much easier um not easier please anyone who's going through that i'm sure it's miserable and horrible as well um but your liver just kind of affects so many different aspects of your your body and your health i mean your white blood cells as, are dependent on your liver um you know your fluid retention is dependent on your liver uh, so I'm like anything, your immune system, everything, anything, your, the way your blood clots, uh, even like some equilibrium and balance things. Um, it's just so dependent on that organ, um, on the right side of your body. And it was just something that just was like, oh my gosh, all of a sudden one day where I was just like out of the blue. Um, so there was some, there was a few dark days. Uh, I'm, Thankfully, you know, I don't know why I'm a pretty optimistic person. Um, I don't credit that to anything or not anything. I don't credit that to, you know, how resilient I am um, as much as it's just the way I'm built. So uh, I also have some really, really amazing friends and people around me who 
uh, were just there and it helped out a lot. So, yeah. So having that great support system around you was a big factor. Absolutely. Just having people who, I don't know, just kind of took up arms and were just, you know, all around me all the time. And that sounds so cliche. And that's what kind of sucks is that I guess that's why they exist cliches in general, yeah. um, because that's what happens is all of a sudden it's just all these people around you refusing to let you fail um, or refusing to let you like fall in a rabbit hole. Um, I know, I don't know how much, if you've ever talked about your uh, brother, Harry here on the podcast. I have um, so but, this is a great intro. Uh, Ellie has a brother named Harry. Um, <laughs> on a scale of one to 10, he's probably like a hard two, but I love him. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, but Ellie's brother, Harry is one of my best friends and, um, I mean, he came to the hospital, you know, checked on me daily, still texts me all the time. Um, his favorite joke is, you know, get some rest, make sure you wake up in the morning, uh, which is morbid and hilarious. But, uh, you know, just having him there to kind of, you know, check in, be that support system. And, I'm, you know, I'm thankful to have a, a really tight knit community of just people like that always. Yeah. And what were your first steps as far as like, so you get this diagnosis and then I know when we had talked, you had seen a bunch of like different practitioners, like from the holistic side, like you mentioned like Chinese medicine and then like what the doctors were telling you. So what was the, like you've received the information, what was your initial approach? So <laughs> it was pretty much an all hands on deck approach where I was like, it doesn't matter. I'm going to go after it and figure it out. Um, you know, like whatever works is going to work and I can try them all out. Um, so first steps where I went and saw here in Baton Rouge, a uh, doctor named Dr. Chow, he's an acupuncturist. Um, I still see him. Um, he does all sorts of, you know, uh, weird and crazy things like tape seeds in my ear and, uh, you know, make me stand on golf balls and, you know, all these kind of things. And, um, he was just very honest with me the first time we kind of met where I was like, look, I don't know. Uh, and if, and if a big component of this is just being, well, you must believe in it and you know, all this, then I don't know how much it's going to really pay off. And he goes, no, you know, I mean, a part of it's the journey and, you know, learning and seeing and doing so, so I'm never, ever going to try and, you know, sell you something that you don't believe in, but let's work on some stuff. And I remember the first day I'm sitting there and there's all these needles in me and it's very much like on a TV show where I'm just like, this is the weirdest crap ever. What is going on? And like, he's like, he walks out and he's like, okay, I'm going to give you about 30 minutes. And I was like, 30 minutes. I was like, this is miserable. I was like, it's like when you were a kid and you're waiting on your mom to get home and you're like, how many cartoons is that? And I can't even watch a cartoon because I'm supposed to like, relax and think about healing and visualize my liver doing things and all this. And uh, after that first time he came back and, uh, you know, I was like, oh, God, finally, I'm out of here. I went back again, and then slowly and steadily, I look forward to those 30, 45 minutes. Now I, like, knock. He's like, you want a little longer? I'm like, get out. Uh, you know, so um, it really takes a lot of time there. Just to, Even if it is just kind of de-stress, let go of some of the anxiety. Again, I'm still not going to sit here because I don't know enough to preach and be like, so let me tell you how these little needles and your chi path and all that. Fix yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, at least that – those moments of me sitting there and taking the time to think, unwind, relax, you know, uh, those really do give me a lot. 
Um, the other thing I tried is my dad uh, came in when I was in the hospital. And I was sitting on like the little couch that they have in there. And he kind of walked over to me, doesn't say a word, and he just sits next to me. Silence for 15 minutes. He plays like a crossword puzzle on his phone. And I'm just like, are you going to talk? Like, whatever. Uh, and then he, he, you know, taps me twice in the leg and says, well, I'll give you my liver if it was worth anything and walks out. Aww. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, that was an odd interaction, but whatever, you know. Uh, it was like the first time we talked about anything since. And then he calls me the next day. He's like, so I did something weird. And I'm like, yes, you did. Let's talk about it. Uh, and he goes, <laughs> He goes, no, I, I called my friend. She's a, she's an, he calls her the engine woman, which is probably culturally insensitive, but she's a Native American healer out of Arizona. Um, and she, you know, started sending him all this information on castor oil packs and um, the different things that you can do to try and help your liver detox. And uh, so I've been doing castor oil packs where essentially you, soak undyed white cotton linens and castor oil and you wrap your body and then put a heating pad over it for like an hour and a half and it's you know kind of torturous but um another one of those things where i was like heck i'll try it um that on top of you know uh, i'm a catholic and there's a nun here in baton rouge named sister dulcie who um, is kind of a faith healer i see her pretty often um, as well as you know doing the actual tangible western medicine I see a specialist as well as my regular GI. I take vitamin supplements and I just eat super duper clean. Um, like the world's most organic rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is incredible information. Just all the different paths that you, you took. And were there any, like, it sounds like even with the like acupuncture and the spiritual healers, like, did you have to kind of let go of any preconceived beliefs about, those I, I i think the biggest thing for me probably was just kind of that idea of i don't know if this is going to work um but i'm willing to give it a try kind of thing um just to see you know it's not gonna it's as long as it doesn't cost me anything yeah and so i i kind of lost some of the, the barriers that way because you know when you're on the edge like that it's just like a whatever let's figure it out and it never felt panicked. It never was like, you know, grabbing for every kind of string. It was more just like, here's what the world has to offer. Here's what's available. Why not try them all, you know? Um, and I guess like the, the coolest thing that you kind of notice is just these kind of common and reoccurring threads throughout all of them, whether it be the Eastern medicine where he's very big into, you know, how internalized and, um, what is it, you know, subcon what he calls it subconscious rage. Uh, you know, liver, your liver in Chinese medicine is associated with anger and rage. And I was like, I'm the nicest person ever. So like, I don't, I don't have any rage. And he goes, Oh no, you have a lot of subconscious rage. Are you a people pleaser? And I was like, damn you, Dr. Chow. How did you know that? Even go into like the, you know, more Western medicine route where my doctor's like, I can tell that, you know, you're constantly worried about like where your family is in the room when I come in and all these kind of things. And he's like, I gotta let you know, like having anxiety and having, you know, all these things can really contribute to how your body handles and processes stress and how it's going to heal. So like if we need to talk about getting you on some anxiety meds. That's okay. And I was like, 
oh, okay, so I've been told I have subconscious rage, I've been told I have anxiety, and I'm like, look here, engine woman, what do I have, you know? But they're all kind of these, you know, reoccurring threads of how calming yourself and how kind of relaxing yourself and kind of making sure that you're not at risk of sounding like a total woo-woo cheese ball, you know, putting negative things in can help your body make and generate positive results. So that's kind of cool to see those things. Also, cabbage big in all the realms. Everyone loves a good a good cruciferous vegetable. So, yes. Oh my gosh, I want to dive into that in a yeah. second. But um, real quick, on, touching on the the belief systems and like the the stress and anxiety. I think that's such an important piece that a lot of time gets overlooked. Mm -hmm. um, and so, if you put into place any anything like meditation practice or like a calming practice. So obviously I spend a lot of, you know, my, my meditation time at uh, acupuncture. Okay. Um, I am not opposed to, I think I, they should put Xanax in, you know, the water supply. I'm just very cautious about putting any prescription drugs in my body because your liver filters everything. Um, mm -hmm. If I could take it, I would. But uh, so I've been, you know, just kind of spending probably about 20 minutes in the morning, 20 minutes in the evening to just try and like, there's the Calm app. I don't know if you've ever heard yeah. of that. My friend Hannah actually suggested it to me. And in the Calm app, it kind of, you know, walks you through some guided meditations. And at first I was like, I need to do, do all the ones on healing and only healing. And now it's just like whatever I put on, just like spend some new time just to try and realize that like I've got a high stress job, you know, I've got a lot of stuff going on, but just realizing that like, hey, this isn't what it's all about. It's okay. Take 20 minutes, unwind veg out in front of the TV, do whatever, which is something that Sister Dulcie, the Catholic nun, told me too. She was like, go home, watch TV, quit stressing. And I was like, "Is have all the karmic universe come together and been like, you're dying because you're stressed? Because that's very tricky. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's incredible. And so with, I guess, shifting into kind of diet changes, what is your, how has your diet evolved since the beginning? Like, I guess before you were diagnosed to like now, what are you eating? I would say that my diet before was grab and go. Um, it, like I said, it was never like high quantities of food. It was just what was convenient. And when you're looking at what's convenient, it's drive-throughs, quick grabs, McDonald's went, I mean, raisin canes, whatever you can just kind of pop in, pop out, get, do. If we go out to eat, you know, it'd be, I wasn't, I wasn't sitting there and like, mm, maybe I should do a salad. It was like, oh, what do I feel like? Uh, maybe a burger, cheese, all these kind of things. So yeah. um, the biggest thing and the biggest shift from that to now is just being one very, very conscious of any and everything I put in my body because your liver filters it all. Um, and then secondarily, you know, I'm very cautious about like my portion control. Um, a big thing about, you know, having the transplant surgery is that you need to have a certain BMI, um, or, you know, body mass. So the doctor, you know, was saying, you know, if, if there's any issue with the weight loss or anything like that, we can kind of talk about maybe doing a lap band or something like that, something you can drop weight quickly to make sure that those things can happen quicker for you. Um, if portion control is not an option. And again, by some divine intervention, none of my own doing or willpower because I have none of that. Uh, I've just been able to, you know, eat super small portions and I'm not like sitting there, you know, oh my God, I wish I had more or anything like that. So half the time I'll get through my like fourth a cup of cauliflower and I'm like, oh, I'm done. 
you know, like, yeah, I feel like finishing this, but I'll force myself to just because I know I need the nutrients. Yeah. And how do you, I guess, in the beginning, was it, I know you had some, there was like a lot of confusion and just like, because we're told so many things. So how was working through that? Kind of? I think the most important thing that I probably kind of realized is that everyone's going to have, you know, what they think is best and right. And you just kind of got to do what you think works for you and what makes sense for you. Um, so I have a GI doctor here in town who was like, you should do keto. That's going to get the weight off you quickest. Um, you know, be really conscious about your sodium intake and your, you know, fluid intake because you know, once you only drinking one and a half and eating one and a half liters of water a day, sodium needs to stay under 2000 milligrams a day and, you know, get those carbs way, way down. All right. Well, then that comes with a whole host of other issues because then you add in the fourth element of also what's not that great for your liver, which are a lot of your red meats and things like that, things that are hard to process. You can't do like, I was like, oh, great. I can eat sashimi tuna all day. Not so much. You can't really do a lot of raw fish or anything like that with a, with a, a bum liver. Um, so it's been kind of like a constant scale thing. And I used to spend hours just worrying about it. Uh, but I think through one, actually kind of figuring it out, and then two, um, kind of realizing that not everyone knows everything, it kind of has helped me. Mm-hmm. My specialist was like, no, you need tons of carbs. You know, I want you eating X amount of carbs a day and doing all these proteins and, you know, really keeping it up so you don't do this. And then, you know, Series X person is like, oh, you should probably try the paleo. And I mean, it's just like anyone who's ever walked down a, in, into a health food store, everyone's going to have their own, you know, their own take. And I think the most important thing for people to realize is that it's going to come with time, one, and two, it, you, your body's going to tell you, and God, that sounds so cheeseball. But no, it really it's so does. true. This is I know. so valuable, and I love hearing that. I know, but, like, your body's going to tell you, like, I didn't love this that much. I remember one day I called you. I was, like, in line trying to get some chicken. And I was like, so my doctor told me that I should eat, you know, some like low glycemic index carbs. And I was thinking like maybe quinoa or something, but I'm not really sure. And you're like, um, I don't know. I mean, like, you're like quinoa's not bad for you, but I mean, if you're trying to stay on the keto path, I'd stay away from it. I'm like, perfect. Cause there felt like shit after I ate it and I didn't like it at all. <laughs> and, like, and it just made sense to me that way, you know? Yeah. Um, so it was, it became easier over time, but it was very overwhelming, especially when you Google things and it's like quinoa, the thing that saves you, quinoa, the new death. And right. I was just like, okay, well, what are you going to do? And I think that's, again, at the risk of sounding totally cheese ball and sounding like, you know, the dare officer who keeps saying peer pressure. And you're like, that word loses all meaning. You know, you listen to your body. And all of a sudden it's just like, oh, after I ate, my cool cauliflower pizza I made with, you know, no anything in it. I felt great. I ate a fourth of a cup of quinoa and some chicken, and I was kind of like, oh. you know, it just, your body does, it, it makes energy different. I don't know how else to say it. It feels different, so. Totally. I think this is one of the biggest takeaways. Um, so I really appreciate you sharing that. Absolutely. And then, yeah. And then what, so, but just to learn more about, I guess, you specifically, like what does work for you? Like what have you, what's your like go-tos? What's made it easy? 
So my go-tos during like the week are I normally eat about six small meals because I also do intermittent fasting. Shout out Ellie for giving me that. Uh, <laughs> but um, so I eat about six small meals between about noon and six o'clock every day. Uh, normally it's like, and when I say small meals, like for breakfast, I'll do like a fourth of a cup of like chopped up like cucumbers and tomatoes um, just to kind of like get like, you know, everything going for the day. I, I like them. They're easy to eat and I enjoy it. Um, then normally for like lunchtime, I'll do something more protein. Uh, so I normally do like, I'll make some like ground turkey meatballs. Um, again, with like nothing good in them. All you lucky people who can stop salt. It tastes so good. Um, but um, watch your sodium intake, kids. Uh, <laughs> but like, so I do, you know, some ground turkey meatballs. I use a lot of coconut aminos. Um, I'll make some like Asian style. I'll do like a cabbage wrap uh, with them, or I'll do like a cabbage slaw. Um, I season with a lot of like red wine vinegars, things like that. Uh, white wine vinegar, lemon juice, um, a teaspoon of balsamic here and there, especially with some of the caprese, the caprese, <laughs> mozzarella. Uh, no. um, but with the um, tomatoes and cucumbers, that really you know helps a little bit and zing it up. Um, and then I also do a lot of, uh, I'll make in big batches, these little kind of cauliflower discs that I do. They're about five inches across um, that I'll put a lot uh, that are super low in sodium, um, maybe have 1.5, you know, carbs in them just from the almond flour that I use to kind of put them together. Um, but they have some great protein in them from the egg binder I use and from the um, cauliflower itself and things like that so uh, I'll use those and sometimes I'll make, make a little wrap if I want to just like fold them up or I'll make those into pizzas a lot of time where I'll add in like spinach and kale and uh, things like that I'm I don't do any dairy uh, at all pretty much um, I was doing some Greek yogurt but again I just didn't make me feel good uh, I didn't really like it I was felt like I was like forcing it down my throat every day um, yeah. I stay away from a lot of fruits just because they're super high in sugar. Um, so I do a lot of my antioxidants through like supplements and things like that. Uh, anything I can't make up that way. Um, but I'm also a big fan of, I do an at home vinaigrette that's uh, avocado oil and uh, a little white wine vinegar, oregano, Italian seasoning, um, some fake salt. They have like Morton sub salt. Um, pepper, garlic, things like that. Huge fan of garlic. I put garlic on everything. Also really great for your liver. Um, I also do a good boiled egg in the morning, uh, oftentimes, or a scrambled egg. So things like that. You know, I don't feel super bound down. Um, and then I always have, I have like two or three little kind of, if I'm in a pinch places that I know are super low in sodium and super low um, and everything else. So like there's like a single Subway salad that I can get um, that I like kind of, I'm very like cautious of. I'm like, hey, hey, that is not the recommended portion, sir. It is two banana pepper rings per thing. So uh, I'll do stuff like that just like if I have to. Um, but normally it's all home prep, all, you know, organic, all super, you know, clean things that are making sure there's not a ton of toxins on them and everything like that. And again, I'm not like a woo-woo, save the earth, you know, 
DDT kills things, uh, you know, which it probably does, and I should probably be more sensitive. But uh, <laughs> it's more for me just anything they put on the fruit or the vegetable or they put in the soil goes into it, and it has to go through my liver. And for most people, it probably won't bother you, I don't think. But for me, you know, I'm working, I'm working with a gimp one. So better safe than sorry if it's going to be an extra 50 cents, then I'd rather do it, you know. Totally. This is awesome. And I've seen Joe, Joe sent me some, this is awesome. And I've seen Joe, Joe sent me some um, of his pictures of his recipes and they're incredible. And I want you to write a book. So I will publicize that whenever he does. Cause I think <laughs> like, you honestly you've got uh, so much good information and recipes and like so much stuff to share as far as like other things that you're feeling in your body, like eating this way, not only for your liver, but just what are you feeling? Do you feel different in your energy or like your brain clarity or? Absolutely. Uh, so like, I mean like stupid things is like getting through the day without a break. Like I look down and it's, I mean, I got up this morning at 5 a.m. Well, 4.45. I went swimming. I swim every day. Kids swim. And was that, uh, is that different, I guess, and you weren't – that's new or like no that's gonna... new yeah that's absolutely amazing new. um yes and god told me himself to swim through sister dulcie she was oh. like that says swim and i was like fine if god said so uh so <laughs> i swim uh i try and swim at least you know five times a week again i don't get to i was like at a point where i was like getting super down on myself if i didn't i'm like oh you're a failure and you're gonna die and i was like hold on hold up swell up it's gonna be okay like you know It'll be fine if you did four days this week. Calm down. We'll just walk the dog a little bit longer or whatever. So, um, But normally, like I said, I wake up around 4.45. I go swimming. Um, I come back. I kind of put all my food together for the day, um, get my meds ready and everything like that. Um, then I head into work, you know, for around 7, 7.30. Um, and then, like, all of a sudden, it's just kind of like go, 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 go. Where normally it was kind of like I'd get through maybe 15, 20, 30 minutes of like one intense task. And I'd be like, oh, I don't know if people listen to this or watch it, but I'm taking off my glasses and rubbing my eyes for you, for you <laughs> audio files out there. Uh, <laughs> wait, no, for the people who are watching on audio, I don't wear glasses. I'm super hot. Um, <laughs> but now it's like I literally, I got in this morning at 730 I knocked out like six big projects pretty much throughout the day, put out a few fires. And then all of a sudden it was like three o'clock and Ellie was texting me about this. And I was like, Oh crap. Like, huh, I've got an hour left of work now. Who knew? Um, so, you know, it's, it's really, really, it's one of those things where I guess we all get used to hearing again, the buzzwords that they become so commonplace that you almost don't even give a shit, you know, like where it's just like, no, I swear to God, cauliflower can help you with your mental clarity. And you're like, yeah. you're like, all right, freaking hippie, shut up. Like <laughs> I get it, you know? Yeah. And I feel very, you know, I kept laughing with everyone, your brother, even when I was like, so me and Ellie just talked. I was like, I can't wait to start judging all of you for your life habits. Uh, <laughs> but it really did like, I guess at the end of the day is just don't discount it just because they're buzzwords and they're, they get annoying and redundant. And I keep, I go back to the little analogy of like P 
peer pressure and dare. Like we heard it so much in fourth, fifth, sixth grade. Did y'all have dare in Texas? Yeah, we did. Mm-hmm. Y'all had everything in Texas, right? <laughs> of course. Uh, but like the big buzzwords and everything, you hear peer pressure so much that all of a sudden you're like, it's not a thing. But then like you take a step back, you know, 15, 20 years later, and you're like, oh, I totally did try pot because all my other friends were doing it. Like that was why. Like you know, yes. like. That's what peer pressure was. I wouldn't have counted it then because I was like, no, I make my own decisions. But, you know, that's exactly what it was. So one of those things where it's like when you finally do get to a place where you're like, man, I'm feeling great every day. And you have to kind of, you take stock of it and you go, why? And you go, oh, because you didn't eat 12 McNuggets last night and then like sleep all day and then wake up and not drink water for, you know, a week at a time and then realize all of a sudden like, oh, this is what a good body feels like, you know? And so all of a sudden like you want to communicate that to someone and all that comes out of your mouth are cliches like, no, clean food equals clean energy. And you're like, how do I make that sound like not a freaking weirdo? I'm just, so I just normally tell people I feel so much better. I, you know, I just feel so much better doing things differently. And my thing, it's, it's very much like probably AA and anything else with other people where it's like people will come to it on their own terms, but give a little try, you know, do the stupid little like four day challenge where you're like, I'm going to try going vegan for four days and just see how like you feel different. And all of a sudden you do feel different and you're just like, it may not be better because you know, freaking protein rocks you weirdos <laughs> no, I'm just kidding to any vegan listeners um, but you know it's one of those it's one of those things where the cliche does does actually mean something so yes no I love that and do you think that like was there a transition period where like was it really hard in the beginning to kind of transition into this way of eating like before you saw the results there was no like big moment, I guess. Um, and again, I, I'm being completely honest with people when I say that I just think like something something happened. Someone didn't flip some switch in you know heaven, hell, wherever I came from, of you know vices back on you know wherever it was. I haven't craved the bad food. I haven't you know wanted to swing through the McDonald's. Um, there was about four days where I would have punted a child for a chicken nugget. Uh, but <laughs> after that, I mean, it's just kind of been, it's been surprisingly easy and I don't take that for granted. I, I don't know why. Um, a lot of people I feel like that I've, that I've talked to or that have had similar experiences or who've kind of reached out, they've kind of been like, Oh, well, you know, it was your do or die moment, you know, it was your do or die moment. And I was like, there was no sort of Damocles hanging over my head. I never felt like you better change or you're going to die, you know, or anything like that. It was just more of a, it was like someone hit the reset button and it was like, okay, well, let's go ahead and do it. Um, and I can't, again, I can't attribute that to some stern iron will I have in me. I, I don't know what it is. until uh, so the results just kind of came. And, that helped fuel and get me in the cycle of it all. Um, so to those people out there who are trying to just kick it cold turkey and do it and are going to have those struggles, you know, 
I definitely, definitely feel for you. And, you know, you're doing an amazing thing. And hopefully when you start seeing those results, they start feeding back into themselves. Mm-hmm. But I personally, I don't know why it just didn't, it didn't happen. And it could have been because I was in the hospital for two and a half weeks, you know? And so I was already, I think I was just happy to be out of there. So I was like anything that isn't covered with a little crappy plastic tray, then I will go ahead and happily put in my face, yeah, um, you know, or whatever it is. But um, I know that's not the best answer. It kind of sucks. It's just like, no, it's super easy for me, and I'm also super hot. So, you know, <laughs> it's, just, I, it's just my earnest, you know, option. There's no, in the, in the plot diagram of my, my sickness, there was no uphill battle other than, the, you know, finding out what happened and then, being upset and then just being like, all right, let's do it. It was very static. So, uh, and again, I wish I knew why. Um, I'm sure one day it'll all hit the wall and I'll be like, fuck this. And, you know, go, go rob a Wendy's. Like, we'll give you all the money. I'm like, screw you. I just want honey mustard. All of it in a bag. Oh, no, this is great though. That that was your journey and that you didn't have, like major cravings or yeah I mean like I said I mean just it, I know you know I still I still you know go out and I'm around you know drinking and everything like that and it's not like I'm like god I really wish you know just I don't know why um the only things that I really do miss are like a good NyQuil sleep aid uh you know like a good oh. NyQuil where you're just like man I really just want to conk out you know um, which you probably shouldn't use that recreationally and probably have a bubble, <laughs> but definitely something that I was like, yes, uh, I wish I could have, but you know, it's okay. I'll get over it. I can go to sleep the old natural way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, are there any, like, what are the biggest lessons you think you've learned through the last couple of months? Like Man, through this the spot, um, I guess one big one would be, and again, completely cheese ball, but just like the enduring kindness of people and strangers and the amount of love and support. And again, nothing but a mouthful of cliches, but I just feel like oh, is- I'm very undeserving of, you know? Uh, and I have some of the biggest asshole friends ever, you know, that are just like, not, but like, we, we show love through hurt, you know, where it's just like constant picking on each other, which you're a realm child, you know, <laughs> come on. Um, yeah. One of my favorite things to do is make fun of Ellie uh, and Lindsay <laughs> and Harry, the whole crew. Uh, so when they just reach out and they just, just show that they genuinely love and care about you, it just means a lot. Um, and it just really shows you that this is, you know, I've been really, really blessed. And I think I put up a Facebook status because I was radio silent after everything happened where I was just like, I don't know what jackpot in heaven I won or whatever it is, but God, I just had some amazing people in my life who still to this day text me like, what are your numbers? What's going on? I mean, from all walks of life, old teachers, good friends, you know, uh, just any and everyone in between, you know, aunts, uncles, cousins, the whole nine. So um, just a lot of people you don't realize that care that I just care all of a sudden then like continue to care like you know which is kind of cool um 
and I guess the second one is um, Nike don't sue Ellie, but like just do it, uh, which is just like one of those. Th- I try throughout the years to just kind of like be like, all right, tomorrow I'm going to start eating healthy. And then didn't, you know, I was just like, oh, fuck it. I'll do it next week. I'll do it next week. I'll do it next week. Um, and I'm not going to be that, you know, super grim person. He's like, sometimes you run out of next weeks and end up in the hospital. I don't know why I'm an old man in that scenario. But, <laughs> uh, but I mean, just do it. Just try it out. You know, I mean, why not? What do you have to lose? You know, challenge yourself a little bit, you know, grab the healthier option. And it can be in any degree you want. You know, it doesn't have to be I'm all in or I'm all out. I think a lot of times we get very like caught up or it's just like, um, so I'm a vegetarian, so I have to only eat anything. It's like, screw it, girl. If you're a vegetarian just because you like veggies, but like one day you walk by and you're like, hey, that looks like some good fish. Grab you that fish. You know, like, unless it's some moral intrinsic thing where it's like you're, you're not, there's no one keeping score except yeah. you and your liver because that thing has some crazy numbers involved in it. Uh, <laughs> The only things keeping score in life are you, your God, and your liver. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But I will just, you know, I I guess that's what I kind of learned is that it's, I'm not doing it for anyone but me, you know. Mm -hmm. And it it makes me feel good to do that. It really does. It makes me feel like I'm accomplishing and I'm doing something. Um, little weird anecdote and I know we're kind of you know wrapping up or whatever but I keep a book of pretty much like everything I eat every day the protein carbs sodium everything in it you know I weigh myself daily I take my blood pressure daily I'll write down how much I exercise all this kind of crazy stuff again for no one like the doctor's not like let me see your book and you know gives me a gold star which would be nice Dr. Bullard um but (laughs) um there was just like three days where i was just like i'm just taking a break like i'm taking a me break like i know that these meals are good like i I know pretty much because at like this point now like i'm like oh i had a fourth i don't even like to go like through my little cheat sheet of like how much everything is or like google it like i know like exactly the amount of carbs and a cucumber, which is less than one gram, but I still count it. I round up, round up people. Uh, but you know, whatever it may be. Um, and she, like my mom kind of noticed. She's like, I noticed you didn't write in your book. And I got super pissed off. And I was like, what is this feeling I'm feeling? Why am I so freaking mad that like she called me out on this? And I realized it's because like I was doing this book for me and I was keeping it all for me and I was doing it for me. And like, so when someone else came to like check in and be like, you're not doing your stuff. Like, even though that's not how she was, because she's yeah. a girl, she's a you know, six year old woman. Uh, she, I felt all of a sudden, like it was like, you took that away from me. You took away like the thing I was doing for me and now made it a task where instead it's not a task. It's not some checkbox. It's not some point system. What it is for me is it's like, my own little feather in my cap that only I can see. Uh, and I kind of sat down and she was like, yeah, you got pissed about that. And I was like, I know it was weird. Let's talk about it. And I was like, what happened was, is like, imagine like you're at work 
and like you're the every Friday just because you love your coworkers, like you clean out, you clean up the kitchen or you make the coffee or whatever. And then all of a sudden one day, like some girl comes in and she's like, so Ellie, um, there's no coffee. And you're like, fuck you. I, I make the coffee every week because I enjoy doing it for right. my job. Like I didn't do it today because I got in later. What, whatever. You're like, yeah, that's you know, such a good analogy. And so like for me, it was like, you're just doing it for you. Like, you don't have to go out. You don't have to be like, I am now the keto queen. And let me tell you everything I'm doing. <laughs> and then someone's like, I saw that bitch eating a hamburger. And you're like, yeah, because I, I'm doing it for me. Like, I'm, I, I like to be keto most of the time. But guess what? Like, I really wanted a goddamn carb, you know? Yeah. The broke up with me and Lizzo just isn't doing it, you know, <laughs> or whatever it may be. So um, I guess those are my biggest takeaways is just the kindness and love of people and you know you're doing it and do it for yourself um if it's something what you want to do that's the only reason to do it because if you're just trying to do it to keep up with a trend or you know just so you can have a pretty instagram picture or you can try and feel better than other people then it's just not worth it you know yeah you're not better than me you're not (laughs) (laughs) this is so Good. And I love that, like, that it's not black or white. I think that's something that we all need to hear often that it's like, yeah, even just like a little bit of an up level counts. It doesn't have to be some perfect meal or like some streak of perfection, but just those little like shifts or they matter too. Well, exactly. And like, I feel like you are probably like one of the most like, and hardcore is not that right, but like, you know, the most like, I do what this, I do, Harry, her brother loves to talk about how much Ellie <laughs> eats Brussels sprouts. Um, oh, damn it. Wait, I don't know if I ever, I don't know if Harry ever sent me your new address. Oh. I got you a handbag, a little like reusable tote from Fresh Market that says every damn Brussels. It does? That's yeah, but I don't know. I feel like maybe I sent it. Maybe it's just in a package in my office. But yes, I, or maybe Harry didn't give me the address. We're going to blame Harry. Um, reason, lesson number three, everyone. Blame Harry when something messes up. Uh, but um, I'm sorry. I went on a total, total side tangent. I completely That's forgot. Totally I feel like you're the most like kind of like into it person ever. And, uh, you know, Harry always makes fun of like every day. Ellie's like making a Brussels sprout. And like he'll even be like, I told Ellie, shut up, go eat some Brussels, you know? And, <laughs> and if I, if you had a day where you're like, I just ate, you know, like three Hershey's chocolate bars. And I could be like, wow. So Ellie's not very good at this. I'm going to be like, fuck it. Ellie had a day, man. Hope she's hope she's feeling better. You know, you don't have to prove anything to anyone, you know, yeah. no, one's, no one's keeping score. It's, you know, life is life. It's messy. Pain outside the lines. It's okay. Um, until it's not, and then you'll die from liver failure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Joe, you're the best. This is awesome. I'm so grateful to have had you on here, and I feel like what you share is so valuable. And are you? Do you have any? Like, I feel like when we are like, I may. I think we talked about this a little bit. Like, our mess is our message. Like, do you have any? Um, any plans on sharing this with the world or like or are you kind of I know you said like doing this from you so I totally get yeah. it well no 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 uh, I guess for me like I have 
probably like severe imposter syndrome a lot of times, you know? Yeah. Uh, if you don't know what imposter syndrome is, Google it, kids. It's wonderful. I uh, <laughs> But like, and, and I mean, everything from like Harvard PhDs down to like, you know, first time, you know, hires have it. But that's pretty much the idea or the concept that you're not good enough or you don't stand out or whatever it is. You know, like I work at an incredibly successful law firm. Um, I have 30 employees that, you know, report directly to me. Um, 18 in-house, 12 out on the roads. And like, you know, it's kind of a, a crazy thing. And like every day, like, I'm like, oh, I'm just fucking making this up as I go along, you know, <laughs> like yeah. someone calls me on my bullshit, you know? Right. So I think that's probably kind of at, I'm at the stages right now where like I'm figuring it out and I want to know, like, I guess if I, if I had a message that I would ever share with anyone, it's that you're never an expert, you know, you're never, listen to me. Here's what I can tell you. It's that here's what I did take from what you can from it, make it your own. Um, but there is no, you know, if I ever shared it, it would pretty much be that of just, you know, we're all making it up as we go along. Own your shitty, figure it out, you know, and, and hopefully this can help you. But if not, then tuck away a little piece or something or throw it in the trash. Um, so if I ever did share anything, it'd probably be kind of in those lines. Yeah. Uh, I always, but I did the minute that I got diagnosed, I think like after like, not the minute, cause I had like a dark time. Um, I call it a dark time. It was like, a, it was like a hard 24 hours, uh, but I was like, really upset. And then I texted my best friend Aaron uh, and I was like, you know, they're bothered, not bothering me, but they're texting like, how's everything, how's everything? And I'm kind of radio silent. And I sent her, I was like, I just realized, and I kind of let it linger. And I was like, I finally have a sad enough ch story to go on Chopped. Because, you know, at the beginning of every Chopped, and we love Food Network, but on the beginning of every Chopped, they're always like, so I was 17 when I got a hangnail, and it really, really hurt, and, you know, my mom <laughs> took care of it, and, you know, she made me some soup, and ever since then, I'm going to be a chef, or it's always some, like, horrible, tragic backstory, and I'm like, I finally have my horrible, tragic backstory. <laughs> like I'm an upper middle class white kid from Louisiana, and now here's a book about what? And I'm like, I almost died, MFers. Listen up. Yes. Uh, uh, um, so I can finally go on chopped. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, I, I'm very, I'm very funny about you know. I, I don't know if my my health journey is. I think it's a big, big part of you know who I'm becoming still as a person. Mm -hmm. um, and it's definitely going to shape a lot of the things in the future that I do. Um, so I don't know how big of a, a piece it will be, but I mean, it's definitely, it's a fundamental part of who I am now, um, which is sad, happy, good, about all the feelings, you know, it's great. It's, it's a lot of different things, you know, I'd love to be able to just go sit at a restaurant and have a wonderful time with everyone and be like, screw it. I'll eat that, you know, and not have to think about every little thing. But then on the other end of it too, like I'm proud that I do and I'm happy that I know a little bit more, you know, um, and, and have a, a, you know, a little bit of education on, you know, some things that are good for me and some that aren't. So it's a, it's a double-edged sword, but one that I'm, I'm excited about, and, you know, pumped to see where it brings me yes me too i think you should write a cookbook but that's just me 
<laughs> I'm thinking of like maybe like a, inspiration. Wait, what? Yeah, like maybe like a coffee table. It's gonna have to be like paired with something though. You know, like I'm thinking maybe like half coffee table. You know, like anecdotes. Then like compared with like maybe a little food thing. You know. Yeah. Maybe like here's what you can cook, and maybe here's some conversation topics to talk about while you're cooking. Like, what is the shittiest thing you've ever done? Because that's one of my big mottos is hashtag own your shitty. Where it's like, look, we all do effed up crappy things. And again, oh. don't try and pretend to be a better person for the Instagram. We all get it. Everyone <laughs> this is such a good podcast. Just what? interviewing people on just interviewing people like, what is the shittiest thing you've ever done? Like that well, is like, so funny. And I literally say it to my friends all the time. I'm like, look, own your shitty. And be like, you straight up know like you didn't accidentally text him you know and be like oh i accidentally texted my ex and like now he thinks of, i was like no just be like you texted him just own it like it's us you were good just be like yeah <laughs> so look so i was thirsty for attention i totally texted him but he's a dick you know just like whatever it is like own up to it and uh so i think that'll be fun uh maybe maybe throw in some good you know like what's the crappiest thing you've ever done as a person while creating these delicious cauliflower pizzas. Yes. <laughs> or, you know, maybe have like a low sodium section and be like, what are you salty about? You know? And <laughs> Perfect. Done. Oh I'm, my gosh, I'm I want this book. Already putting it in the galleys right now. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, you are the best. Thank you so much again for coming on. No, Allie, thank you so much. I really, really appreciate it. And if... Um, I don't know why I was about to just close this out. This is your podcast. Guys. No, go ahead. Close it out. Close this out. I was literally, well, because uh, I was about to, I'm just so used to like work environment where I was like, and if you need anything else, you can reach me at my direct dial. But uh, <laughs> everyone needs to visit Ellie's Instagram, Mindful Belly with a B, and it's E L L I E, correct? Yes, thank you. At Mindful Belly. Are you on the Twitter? I'm not on Twitter yet, but it's coming. Oh, good. It's very caustic out there. I'd stay away. That's all <laughs> pornography and Donald Trump. And sometimes Donald Trump pornography. So <laughs> just be careful. Um, and, and, and listen to the podcast. But you're already doing that. So share this with three friends. Pay it forward. Thank you, Joe. <laughs> yes. Please. All right. Thank all you right. so much, Ellie. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you.